You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Because Web Radio, I'm David Moxley, and on the line with me is our agent in charge. And our agent in charge is Mr. Sandy Bostic, and um, we just uh, we just turn it all over to him. And uh, as anyone might imagine, what's on the news today is a little scary in that... Uh, you know, we have uh, the pandemic, worldwide pandemic, which is uh, described in a book. And then today we have a uh, an earthquake out in Utah, which is also described in the uh, the same book at some at different times. And uh, all in all, <laughs> it's uh, it's a little scary out there. But um, I think uh, as uh, somebody said the other day, the reminder of uh, Roosevelt. I was not a big Franklin Roosevelt uh, supporter. I wasn't around when he was around, but afterwards, I'm still not a big Franklin Roosevelt supporter. But he did say uh, one thing after uh, the Japanese had attacked Pearl Harbor. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And as... I know everything is normal, Sandy, because I bought some stock the other day and it proceeded to go right down. So I know it's we're in a everything is normal. That's just the way it right. always happens. Just don't sell it. I can say there's all the advice I'm hearing from all the experts now. They're saying if you have stock, hold on to it. If you bought stock, don't panic. Just hang on to it. You know so. Actually, what's the old saying? You haven't lost any money on stocks until you sell. That's true. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's the only advice I can give you. And, I, uh, and so. I, I have the tendency to buy high and sell low. But um, <laughs> this, I'm going to, well, this, this happens to be out in, this is all Texas stock, as a matter of fact. And, uh, uh, I have no plans on selling it. In fact, I've been in the way I was, I had waited for years and years because I follow the company and, uh, and I do business with the company and I had waited for years for it to come down to, uh, a price where I could afford it. And, uh, the other day it did. So I bought some and then, uh, it kept going down. So I hedged my bet and bought some more. So I, I'm a happy camper at the price I'm in at and, I have all the confidence in the world that it will go back up to, uh, it might even go further than it's been. So uh, I am uh, looking forward to it and going to hold on to it. But so We're all hoping for that myself. So, hey, before we get started, I just want to give a, uh, say hello to my mom. I think my mother is listening to me today. and. Oh, and she's up in up in Georgetown, Texas. So, hi, mom. You're you're uh, still one of my most favorite people in the world. So, I'm gonna do my best to do a good show for you today. Want to make you proud? Well, so mom, anyway. I tell you what, he your son always does you proud, and uh, he's uh, he's served his country very very well, and uh, I'm proud that. Uh, uh, I've gotten to meet him, and uh, someday I hope to, uh, when when we all have hand sanitizer again, I hope to shake his hand one of these days. But um, Sandy you know, is, I, I do is plan. I do, I do plan to get out to Atlanta sometime in the near future once all the, the pandemic kind of settles down and, and do a live show with it. So, Super. Uh, 
I think that'll be, be a lot of fun. So that's definitely on the agenda. We just don't have the dates yet. So we're working on that. So. Well, I want to jump right into it because uh, as I walked in the door today, uh, I was uh, uh, Brett told me something that he had heard, which goes along with what I've been spouting anyway to a degree, and and you're the one to ask. Um, but we all know where we are with this with the pandemic, and uh, you know China's trying to blame it on. Our military, which uh, that's not going very far. But, you know, I, as I mentioned, I think in the last show that we were talking about or in one of the shows I was doing with somebody that, you know, I, I learned many years ago that socialism was one step away from communism. And we have people running for office, people in office that are spouting socialism we've got to turn you know we got to have a a one-payer medical system we got to do this we got to do that and we got to take care of education and we the government has to do everything well you know it's never worked anyplace else and it's not going to work here and what they are pushing us towards would be socialism is where a group takes over the government without arms, and communism keeps them there with arms. But with that being said, back in the 50s when Khrushchev was beating his shoe on the U.N. desk, you know, he made the point that uh, you don't have to worry about us bombing you. We're going to take you from the inside out. And uh, they have infiltrated our universities with socialistic believers and teachers and um you know the theory now is and we're very close to at minimal a recession and at worst one heck of a depression because of this um corona virus and all of the stores that are having to be shut down and people staying at home and can't work and the school closing and this is all and i i haven't heard a whole lot about this but it's all a domino effect that action uh one action creates another action and so forth and so on so anyway brett hit me with uh you know that one of the theories now is that uh we all know or accept the fact, or I do, that this started in in uh, China, in Wuhan, and that, you know, to, and it started in their agricultural industry. But the mutation cycle is very strange, and how fast it went from animal to human would almost have to be done in a laboratory, not just by happenstance and you know if and then you put on top of that if it's a conspiracy theory the situation between saudi arabia and russia glutting the oil market and driving down our oil prices lower than they've been in years which uh affected numero uno and uh i don't know when some of that's going to come back it may take months, it may take years to get it back up to where it was. And uh, I, I do know one thing, we in the oil industry, even Saudi Arabia, which I found interesting, 
can't make money at $32 a barrel or $30 a barrel. And uh, they want to make money. So with, I've laid all my cards on the table. And um, what say you, agent in charge? Am I totally crazy? <laughs> no, you know, I mean, everybody's concerned. I mean, there's a lot of concern, a lot of anxiety. Uh, I think a lot of this uh, we talked about in the past is, the you know, when I was a kid, there were only three news uh, channels, news outlets, besides the newspapers, of course. But as far as uh, television and radio, you know, you had the CBS, NBC, and ABC News, you know. And so, and, and they only played two or three times a day. And uh, they, you know, they would try to cram everything that happened in that hour slot they have. And uh, today, it's a whole different world with the Internet and, and all the new channels, all the channels we have. Not new, they've been around a long time. But uh, with all the different media outlets, I mean, this is a great thing for them because they're, everybody's watching the news because everybody's tuned into the coronavirus. And so, you know, I think a lot of this is, you know, now they have, you know, you got to remember these, these stations, they, they run 24-7. And uh, they have to have material, and now they they have a continuous source of it. And I'm sure that the, the price everybody's watching is now the price of everyone's advertised, advertising going up. So it's, it's a bonanza for them. And so, and too, I mean, as we, and it doesn't matter which news channel you listen to. I mean, everybody's covered it. Everybody has their own take on what's going on. And so uh, that said, you know, it's 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 a perceived to be a dangerous world. And it is a dangerous world, and it seems to be getting a little more dangerous. And so what I was going to talk about today, after I was, uh, my wife and I discussed this, what would be a good subject, and, and we came up in, in, in today's world where things seem to be going, going to pieces, are I came up with seven different uh, things you can do that I learned as an agent and uh, was trained to do that will help you survive in a dangerous world. And uh, you and your family and... and uh, and, uh, you're those with you and most of yourself, you know. And so the bizarre with you, Dave, I'm going to go into item number one. Okay. All right. So this was item number five on my list, but I moved this to number one. Dave and I were talking last night and uh, discussing this and, and, uh, you know, with the, with the virus and the concern for health, I put this at the top of the list and, it's real simple, and you know, we travel a lot, and, and, and even in your own hometown, you need to know where and how to get medical attention 24 hours a day. Very, very important. And so I've, I've, usually when I would talk about this to uh, agents, it would be related to government travel, uh, agency travel. Now that I'm retired, I mean, I've talked to more people who are traveling on vacation and stuff. So, you know, regardless where you're going or how you're going or, or where, yeah, when you're going to go, I mean, you need to take the along with, with your planning as far as uh, where you're going to eat, your sightseeing, entertainment, hotels, you need to research the cities where you're going and know where you can find true uh, quality uh, medical attention. And so I'll use that as an example. The, uh, the, uh, in Moscow, I mean, we had a place that, that the, uh, the embassy did have their own uh, medical center there, but if there was something that was a little bit beyond what they had in uh in the, in the medical center that they could they could treat or they could or analyze, they would sit you to what they called it was the European Medical Center. And I know there's quite a few of those around the world, similar outfits like that, that where you have good internationally trained doctors 
that speak a variety of languages that you can get in there and, and especially in an emergency situation when you when you have a you know some type of medical problem that you want to get in there and find you know make sure that these these are bona fide medical facilities that have real doctors that have had real training and so everything's everything's even research now and uh you know that would be that's step number one you know and even in your hometown now especially if you have a family you definitely want to be looking to see okay which medical facility right now is not overwhelmed you know which one can actually get to is if i go in there with a sick kid or if i'm sick and so uh so that's you know first of all i have a plan right there uh also before you leave you on any type of trip you know you need to see your doctor especially if you're going to a foreign country uh at least two weeks before you leave the country and what you want to do is talk talk to them, just sit just make an appointment go and sit down and say hey i'm going to uh I'm going to Italy, you know, or, and so or I'm going so, to uh, South Africa. And they'll, they can research and they'll vac- give you the vaccination you need in advance. You, know, you do take at least about two weeks for most vaccinations to, uh, to really uh, take effect in your system. And then they can also, what you want to ask them for, my doctor at Del Rio is real good about giving you some of your time I'd leave, uh, medications for nausea, for diarrhea, and, diarrhea and, and for antihistamines. Most of what you're going to encounter, in, especially in these third world countries, are going to be intestinal uh, type of uh, illnesses, viruses, and, and uh, what you don't want to do, what what will get you jammed up, is the fact that you get dehydrated, you lose your, uh, if you do kind of those viruses, you get dehydrated, uh, you lose your B, your B vitamins and uh, and your and your electrolytes, and so uh, you want to make sure that, that you you can put an end to the diarrhea, nausea, nausea as soon as possible. And uh, it will definitely increase your chances for survival. And uh, then after that, uh, there's a couple of things that I always carry with me when I travel and uh, that have, have helped me out. I got tired of being sick when I was traveling all the time, coming down with viruses all over the world. And so and I saw this on Dr. Oz. As a matter of fact, I was sitting at home in Moscow in my apartment one day, and, and I was sick with a virus. And uh, he went through several different uh, uh, over-the-counter medications, but the one that I tried that worked the best is called Andrographis. A-N-D-R-O-G-R-A-P-H-I-S, Andrographis. And what Andrographis is, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it was, it was discovered in India. It's an Indian bitter root. It's a, it's an herb and, uh, it's chopped up. It's fine. You take it in a gel capsule. And what it does when it gets into your system, it gets into your, your blood system. It, it, it won't keep you from catching a virus. But what it does is it is it, it keeps most viruses, not all viruses, but most viruses from incubating once they get into your blood system. Hmm. And so if they don't incubate, then they can't, they, when they start to replicate is when you start showing symptoms to get sick. And so basically, you know, you, you get, if you get the virus, you, you know, you have antigraphis in advance. You know, if, if you, if you haven't taken antigraphis and you get the virus, it's too late. You start taking it then, it's not going to do you good. But if you take it in advance, I take three pills in the morning, and that's usually enough for the day. And, uh, you, uh, this, it's all available. And of course, on, you know, most of your, uh, most of your, uh, like Walgreens and Amazon and all the different outlets carry it now. And, uh, but like I say, it's a, it's a bitter root. It, it makes it almost impossible for, especially the rhinovirus and the flu virus to, uh, incubate your system. And, and number two, and then the good thing about it is if you do catch these viruses and you don't show the symptoms, your body still builds up an anti immune, an immune, uh, defense against it. So you probably should not get that virus again. Well, so it's that, a good idea to take that. We're going to let people think about it. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with Sandy right after this. 
If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on Agent in Charge only on America's Web Radio. And we have Sandy Bostic, who was uh, agent for Homeland Security. And I put the was. He's retired. And, uh, and oh, this is a good point, um, Sandy. What a, your wife has a very interesting business, and uh, people listen up and write it down. If you ever want the best beef in town, you need to know about Sandy. That's your cue. <laughs> Paula Rosa beef. It all would work. Paula Rosa, and uh, yeah, we we have a ranch here not far from uh, uh, the brothels. It's over towards the Gene, and, and we raise uh, American Wagyu uh, cattle. And, uh, say say that again. On a, say uh, it, what kind of cattle is it and, and spell it out for them. W-A-G-Y-U. That's a, uh, that's a Kobe beef. That's, you hear a Kobe beef, and there, there's four different br- uh, breeds of the Kobe beef that, beef that comes from, uh, comes from uh, Japan. But the one that that we raise are the uh, are the wagyu, and they're they're the, they're the best for the our area. And uh, we raise them uh, on our ranch. You know, no no artificial uh, hormones ever put in them. Uh, we don't use the uh, extreme vaccination. Uh, everything they eat is just grass, and we, we grain feed them before they uh, go to be processed. And uh, what we do is uh, then we sell. We go direct to the. Uh, we don't sell to the supermarket. We sell direct to the customer. And so, uh, we sell, right now we're selling a quarter of beef at a time and we're doing some, uh, 45 pound packages to, to new customers. And so, uh, I'll have my wife on sometime soon. She can give, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid to give fake news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really just a ranch hand. She's the one who does all the brainstorming and raising the cattle. She just, she just sends me to do things and fix things when they break. Well, I, so, uh, the moral of the story is, whoever's listening, if you want the best cut of beef, period, go into your local restaurant or wherever you want or order direct from from Sandy and his wife, but ask for Wagyu. And uh, am I saying that right, Wagyu? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And so, I'm saying, well, and the prices that we sell at, I mean, it's cheaper than what you can buy most regular meat in, in like your uh, your supermarkets and so if you, you buy in bulk you always save and then you don't have to worry the next virus outbreak comes along is what we said is vacuum sealed and frozen and so you have meat that'll last you know a quarter will last most families six months and so you know so 
you're in good shape as far as having having your meat protein. And, and the, uh, you as, can, as Paula says, the, the best the best beef on the planet. You can go online, check it out, and uh, find out how good it is. And it is excellent. And you're going to be hearing more and more about it on America's Web Radio and other places as well in the very near future. So check it out. Anyway, back to our our, our uh, pandemic, which has everything... Uh, you know, that's all anybody's talking about. And uh, uh, I finally heard one, I say station, one network start talking a little bit about it. But my major concern has been ever since uh, Atlanta and the school systems here closed is the fact that um, it's going to have one heck of a domino effect. I mean, an incredible domino effect. And that's beginning to happen, and that, again, in my warped conspiracy mind, is what Russia and the communists want to do. They want to destroy us from the inside out, which is, like like Sandy said, they're doing it in the universities, and they're playing hell with our economy right now, and I don't see it getting better, and... You know, I guess the other thing is, Sandy, and again, you're you're the world expert, not me, but if America goes, so goes the world, and we'll have the uh, 30s depression all over again and worse. Well, and the thing is, what people, uh, the one thing that, that America does control, that 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 the uh, that the Chinese and the Russians and nobody else controls. That's the the world banking system. We do control the, pretty much the money in the world. Even though we're we're in debt, we still control the world's banks. And so you know, if we fall, the whole world falls. And so if there's a point of diminishing returns where you know you don't. Yes, I'm sure that that China would love to be the number one power in the world. So would Russia. But but they're not capable of taking it over to the point that we have that we do. You know the reason that that people have reason people invest money in America is because up until now, I mean, uh, it, it, it's it's the safest place in the world to invest money, and that's what you know we talk about why we have all these laws and rules and stuff. Well, that's why when you have when you have uh, when you have uh, calm in a in a economic system, then uh, people they're not afraid of of having you know. Opened up a bank account one day, is their checking account, and there's no money there because the government come in, came and took it over from you, you know, or seized it from you to to uh, to save themselves, which is what happened after the fall of the Soviet Union to a lot of the citizens all throughout the uh, Soviet Union, and so uh, so that's the whole thing, you know, about law and order creates a safety net in which people are, uh, you know, they're 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 certain they're, they're secure in making investing and doing business. And so, but unfortunately, as we're seeing, when, when panic takes over like today, it causes huge problems even in, in a system that's as, as secure as ours. So, okay, go on with your, you were recommending what you do when you travel. Uh, yeah, as like I say, just kind of going back to uh, the uh, the different, uh, the seven different things that I can give, I, you know, that I learned as a special agent. And uh, that will help just your average citizen, your average person in this country, to survive to, to survive in a dangerous world and, 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 and keep them, basically keep themselves out of danger. And so, first thing we, we talked about was knowing you know free travel, even in your hometown, know where you can get medical attention immediately. You know, we covered that pretty uh, pretty in depth. And uh, the second thing is is learn. You know, I've, I've 
learn to see and analyze the details of your surroundings. And so what that means, I, I see people, and we all see it. You, you walk to an airport, you walk down the street, you go to your gym. Everybody has their nose buried in their iPhone with their, with their ear pods, uh, earphones on. That's about the most dangerous thing you can do as far as your, your immediate safety. And so we, to, uh, when you apply for a job, I know the DEA and, and Homeland Security does this. I'm sure all the other agencies do too. We give you a test, and part of that test, you know, the entrance exam, is, is for you to be able to see a scenario, uh, watch a movie, watch a, a video, and then you sit down and write everything that you saw in during that during that movie. And it's all like a 15 minute uh, video. And then you know we go back and we look at we want to see what your attention to detail is. And uh, because details, what they'll say, the, the, deep, the devil's in the details, and it really is. And so when you want to, like, for example, you want to learn how to, you know, when you go and say you go, go into a restaurant, they will use a restaurant as an example. You don't want to walk in there and get your phone and, and not be tuned in. you got to tune in, and you got to look at the people who are in there and look at the crowd that's in there. And then also you need to take note before you ever sit down, look to see where the exits are in case there is a, uh, a situation that you need to get out of there. You know, something, something you know, today's mass shootings, you know, uh, terrorist attack, you know, finding, knowing not just the way you came in, find another way to get out that would be just, it would probably be safer than the way you came in. And so details, looking at, uh, you know, you want to be able to uh, look at uh, a situation walking down a street. I mean, if, you, if you're paying attention, you can, Distance is your friend. When it comes to surviving a dangerous situation, distance is always your friend. And so if you can see, instead of walking blindly into a street where there's three or four guys in different positions are waiting to mug you, if you can find, if you, if you recognize that situation, you just walk around it and go somewhere else. Turn around and go back the other way. That's the, that's your best defense. Um, there's a, uh, I had the, uh, the opportunity through the Department of Defense. I got to take what they call their survival evasion resistance escape training. They call it Siri, S-E-R-E. And that's, I, I can't go into a lot of detail of what they teach because, you know, it's, we don't want people that kidnap our people to know what we teach them to do. But I can, I can, dare, I can assure you the, uh, the two main things are, number one, attention to detail. And so attention to street locations, you know, attention to where you are, attention to where you're going, how long it's going to take you to get somewhere, uh, attention to the vehicles that are around you. You need to always be analyzing what's going on around you. We, 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 we train our agents to the extreme in this. But like I say, it's not that difficult. Just a little bit of self-discipline, you know, learn how to sharpen your eyes and ask questions, you know. And uh, so that leads me to the next one, you know. So when you you have analyzed all this, these situations, you, all the people around you, what's going on, face clothes, uh, how to get out of the building or the venture in, in the event something does happen, that uh, is going to call that uh, all of a sudden you know you have a terrorist attack you have a uh, have a uh, a, situ- a fire whatever happens the thing that gets the majority of people killed is panic they panic and so the first thing you want to do is is learn how to control panic well, you know, what is panic you know you, ahead, you can control panic and uh, I think I've mentioned this to you before is that. I don't care what the situation is. It can be a, a concert. It can be your church. It can be a meeting. It can be a political meeting or whatever. But 
like you said, know your surroundings, take the time to make a plan. And it's like I, I told my boys, uh, and, and this is the way I, I played baseball for years and years and years. And one of the greatest things that uh, one of my first coaches ever taught me, and I played second base, and I wouldn't let anybody, I wouldn't give anybody else a chance to play second base because I, quite frankly, I was that good. But, and the reason I was is that I had a coach tell me that Whenever the batter comes up to the plate, no matter who it is, how big he is, whatever the situation, he's going to hit the ball to you. Now, it may be a grounder, it may be a fly, it may be who knows. But that ball is coming to you, and what are you going to do with it? And that's exactly the same way that when you're driving or when you're going into a crowd or going into a meeting or anything else make a plan have a plan and it may be uh it may be a meeting with the pope and well i couldn't be any safer than being with the pope well you're wrong and uh have a plan decide and look at just like sandy said look around size everything up size the people up particularly if it's a strange place that you've never been before, size the people up and have a plan. Okay, if a terrorist comes in, where am I sitting and what am I going to do? If um, somebody's already sitting there that decides they're going to shoot up the place, what am I going to do? And this all sounds crazy, but we live in a crazy world today, as we see on the news day in and day out. And we do. You know, am I wrong, Sandy, in saying when you go into a place, make a plan? Matter of fact, that's good now. I think that's number six or seven on my list here about having a plan. Maybe you stole my thunder, Dave. (laughs) Well, sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) I didn't mean to. I just just wanted to kind of touch a little bit more on panic. And of course, everybody says, well, that's easier said than done, okay? And because panic, it's a natural reaction. You know, and all it is, it's a mental reaction to a high-stress situation that affects you that affects, that affects you physically instantly. Your heart rate goes up. Uh, you know, you breathe fast. You know, it's hard to talk. It's hard to think. And uh, and what one of the things we train our agents is it's very difficult because, I mean, your first thing you do is you develop what they call tunnel vision, where you focus in on the threat, whatever it is, somebody coming at you with a knife, uh fire, whatever it is, and you stop seeing and perceiving the other things that are going around you. And it is, it's like you're inside a tunnel. And I, the best example I can give of this was uh, I was on a search warrant one time and, and on down the border, and uh, I was, it was, a you know, our agency, we were, as a drug a drug warrant on a house in, the, in a barrio in South Del Rio, a stash house, and we knew people were inside. So what we normally do, we'd have a team go to the front. And uh, they would secure the inside, and as people tried to escape out of the back, we'd have guys in the back to catch them out the back door and to uh, go ahead and arrest them or, or detain them, whatever we, the situation was. And so this particular time, I was on the team that was going up the back door to, to the rear of the, uh, the, the building at the house, and uh, I was driving. I was in my, in my vehicle, and I had a uh, detective uh, with the uh, Alberta County Sheriff's Department, a guy named Larry Pope in the back, in the back seat, and right next to him was George Hinojosa, a guy I worked a lot of cases, a customs agent worked a lot of cases with, both very experienced guys. They'd been around. And uh, 
we jumped out and we, you know, we were headed towards the door and I was parking and you always lock your vehicle because you don't want somebody to come in there and steal your vehicle, especially if you have guns and stuff in it. So I was in the process of locking it and I was coming behind them and all of a sudden I looked up and I saw there were two pit bulls and they were chained just where there was maybe just enough distance for one person to, to walk between them that they were chained to, to protect the back of the house. And so Larry and George focused in on that back door and they ran right towards it and they got to the back door. The guys, one guy came out, they grabbed and tackled him and that was it. Then Larry and, and, uh, and, and George both stood up, looked at me and, they, and I'm yelling at them the whole time. I say, dog, dog, I'm screaming at them. They didn't hear me. Tunnel vision. And so they get up there, they turn around, they look at me. They said, Larry Pope looked at me and goes, where'd those dogs come from? <laughs> they were right. They were itching from barking and snapping their teeth, you know. So anyway, that's tunnel vision. And, uh, so like they, so the, so the, so the, what I'm going to go into next, the way you, you fight tunnel vision is number one, you, is with confidence and through practice. And so, you know, you have to gain your confidence. We do that with training. And of course, you know, most people don't have the benefit of, of going through a six month academy like we put our agents through now. And, uh, and in that process of that training, I mean, and it continues even after you get out. I mean, you're always in the process, you're always dealing with high stress situations. So you get used to it. And, uh, but like I say, the, you know, another example, like I used to tell people panic too, is this, it's, it's a mental situation. And, uh, another good example of that is, you know, everybody knows what a riptide is. And my mom was going to kill me for even saying this. And you're listening, mom, I'm sorry, but our brothers and I, when we lived over in, uh, in Libya, we lived just a few blocks from the beach and we spent a lot of time on the, in the, the Mediterranean Sea, snorkeling and spearfishing and, and just having a good time, swam a lot, you know, and, and bodyboarding. Well, on days that it would get rough, we didn't, we didn't know any better. I mean, we just, uh, we would so, we knew what, what a, we knew, we didn't know what the name was, what the riptide was, but we knew that if, if you, uh, got on your bodyboard and, and hop on that riptide, you didn't have to paddle to go out to the, to go out to the waves, it just took you out there. And so we'd hop on those things with our bodyboards and we'd just ride them out there and we'd catch the waves and come again. If we'd known that they were dangerous, we probably would have panicked. <laughs> that's why <laughs> I guess, that's why I guess most people killed in a riptide is they, they get under, they get caught in the riptide and it starts pulling them out. They panic and then they start swimming for the shore where you can't swim fast enough to beat a riptide or hard enough. You have to get it out of the side. You go out to the side or let, or let it, let it empty you out and you come back to shore. Well, they get tired and they drown. And so I say that's, that's panic. And I say you've got, and there's, and, and it's, it's imperative that you learn how to control a panic situation. Sandy, uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back with more of Sandy right after this. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to the Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. morning. My name is Mike Mizell. I'm a retired Army colonel and president of the Johns Creek Veterans Association. We meet in Newtown Park, and part of one of our projects is the installation of the Healing Wall, the half-scale model of the Vietnam Wall that traveled the United States. Well, it's coming to rest, and it's going to live in Johns Creek forever, the half-scale model. We're looking at a possibly a March 
implementation ribbon cutting ceremony and we're looking for donors and sponsors that want to help us in this great project you can donate at jcvets.org This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. And we want to remind everybody, get your pen and paper ready and write this down. If you want the best beef in the country, Wagyu. W-A-G-U-E. Wagyu. <laughs> Pardon me? W-A-G-U. No, sorry. W-A-G-Y-U. Wagyu. Oh, Y-U. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. W-A-G-Y-U? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, so I screwed that up. Yeah, not the first time. Anyway, uh, well, people, people are—we don't hold people accountable for spelling anymore. So it's not your fault; it's the government's fault. <laughs> That's right. Those, those textbooks that we just can't read. But anyway, so with uh, what you were talking about reminds me too of I used to be in debate and, and uh, obviously talk a bunch. And once in a while, somebody would make a mistake and ask me to give a a speech or something, and I hate talking in front of a crowd, and I, you know, I just, I could never overcome the jitters of having to talk in front of a crowd, and finally, uh, I made a mistake and really prepared to talk in front of a group, and the more I prepared, I got up and spoke in front of them, and wasn't nervous. And this is all part of it. If you're prepared for any situation, you won't panic. You'll have fun doing it, actually. And, uh, you know, it'll come off. And this is this is the thing I talk about. And, and this is what Sandy has obviously done for the show today. He was prepared for it. And this is when somebody does a show for us, we don't want them to spend 10 hours preparing and, you know, get it all memorized. Nothing like that. We talk. We we're, we converse. But it's easier to converse if you got some ideas what you're going to talk about. And uh, right. that's yeah. all it takes. And that relieves the the nervousness of or panic in doing a radio show. So, with that being said, back to Sandy. All right, so I'm on the, these next four items will go faster because there's not quite as much detail. And uh, I don't believe, unless we get into an in-depth conversation on this, which, uh, of course, I'm more than happy to answer questions or discuss. But like I said the best way to fight the panic that comes with a high-stress situation, I mean, we're talking about uh, kind of a street survival more scenario now. Like Dave said also, I mean, uh, you know, you need to be prepared for all situations. So do a little floor planning. But one day, it is, this is good for you physically, it's good for you mentally, and it'll, it'll, it'll help you cut down on the panic in the you ever are attacked by another person. And that's just to learn a simple and effective form of self-defense or martial arts. And so, you know, I'm not going to come out and advocate, 
any particular type of uh, form out there. There's all types of martial arts in the world now. I'll give you a couple that Dr. Ken DeClaw, my buddy, he's he, he really thinks are, are fantastic. But I'll just, uh, and they, they are. He's very good at them. He's a white belt, I believe, in both. And, uh, but, uh, but you, uh, the main thing you need to focus on, okay, and I say this is just, this is just, you know, when I was an inspector in Eagle Pass, Texas, and, uh, you know, we went through all the, uh, the training at the academy on defensive tactics and stuff and, and, uh, how to survive a fight and all that. Well, you know, a real world fight is not like you see on TV. It's not choreographed. People don't stand on their feet and they kick each other and they take these incredible shots to the head and the gut and they keep on fighting. They end up, they usually start standing up and they are 99% of the time they end up on the ground. And so you need something that teaches you how to use your, your fist, number one. Your fist can buy you distance to keep you away from that attack. Some form that has boxing, uh, karate is, you know, is, is relatively good. I don't really agree with kicking above the waist because there's just too many people out there today who've been trained and, and they just wait for you to throw that kick and they've got you by the leg and you have, you're hopping around one foot while they, they have control of you. So you need to find something that has, has, that has boxing in it. And, it, and then there's a lot of different gyms now that you don't necessarily have to get in the ring and, and box with people unless you just want to, but they'll train you as a boxer. Uh, I know a good friend of ours, Chance Ritchie, he's 48. He just started this last year. He loves it. He stays in shape. And he, he says it's, it's, one of his, it's, it's one of his favorite things to do in the week is his boxing training he does. And number two, you need to learn something that teaches you how to ground fight. And several different forms of that. And uh, probably the most... Uh, uh, popular today is the, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and it, it, it is a great form. And uh, but there are several, you know, you need something, but you, you need something that teaches you how to not more or less go in there and compete, but how to defend yourself. And so uh, let's say Doctor Clava, what he 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 studies is uh, Aikido, which is the uh, it's in the, one of the uh, older uh, Japanese art forms. It's the self-defense. It's a little more complicated than that. You do have to train and, and spend several years. Uh, Learning, you know the uh, the traditions, and and uh, he's very good at it. And he also does a, a form called Sistema, which is the uh, the Russian form of self defense that was uh, developed for the uh, for the uh, uh, special forces, the Spetsnaz. And so he does both, and, and they're both very good. But like I say, also the uh, the uh, uh, Israeli Kabbalah. Uh, that's a very good system to learn, and it focuses on self defense. So, you know, basically, you do that to yourself. And it just, it's, number one, they'll help you get in shape, which is, you know, you always want to try to be as good a physical condition as you should be. Uh, strength is your friend. No matter what you see on TV, it's very rare that a 90 pound guy beats the 300 uh, pound guy, unless you're one of the Gracies from, uh, from Brazil. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, learn some, learn some hand to hand defensive techniques. And the, and, uh, the other hand to hand is, uh, at the pistol range. Yep. That's number five on my list. <laughs> and so I'm fortunate because, uh, you know, as a retired special agent, I, uh, through my agency and, and through an organization we had called Leosa, I qualify for two years and I'm allowed to carry a, a concealed handgun pretty much anywhere in the United States. There are places now that you know, I can't, you know, certain areas, you know, inside the White House and Congress, places like that. It's just common sense. They don't want anybody with guns in there except for the people that they, they have a security force in there. But, Pretty much anywhere else, I'm, I'm authorized to carry a firearm. But I say some, you know, and I know you have you have a program here that that, that you guys talk more about Second Amendment and gun rights and stuff. But not everybody's real is real. 
comfortable having a gun. If you, a, a gun is the best defense you're going to have. There's no two ways about it. Because, you know, I carry one, uh, I carry a pocket pistol in the summer, a small one, and I carry a bigger gun in the winter. And uh, I carry it for several reasons. I put a lot of people in jail through the years, and I'm sure those people are not real uh, fond of me because, you know, we put them out of business and more or less ruined uh, what was the quality of their lives, even though they were involved in, in uh, uh, organized crime, drug smuggling, whatever. But so, you know, but even still in this crazy world, you just never know when somebody's going to walk into a restaurant and start shooting, you know. And it's your best offense if you can't get away, you know, fight or fight. You hit a point, you've got to turn around and fight. It's better to fight a guy with a gun with a gun. But, uh, but that said, if you're, if you don't want to carry a firearm, and I understand you know, everybody that's great thing about America, we still have the uh, right to make up our own mind in that regard. There are several other weapons you can carry, uh, for people that, you know, uh, uh, a cane, a walking stick is an excellent choice to carry with you all the time. And nobody gives you a hard time about it. I mean, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to want one of these light, uh, aluminum type of canes. You need something that has some more weight to it, a little more heft to it. But, you know, a couple of good whacks with that to somebody trying to uh, take your wallet or trying to, uh, you know, you know, trying to assault you for whatever reason, that might buy you the time that you need to get away. And so what you want to be, a weapon makes you what we call a hard target. A hard target, usually if a person sees you and they consider you to be a hard target, is a criminal, you know, somebody wanting to take advantage of you for whatever reason. If you're, if they have a good idea that you may be carrying a weapon of some type, they're going to be a lot less eager to jump on you because you know they don't want to get hurt they just want to either rob you or sexually assault you whatever it is that they have in mind and so then you know uh, a good pocket knife you know you can get training on how to how to defend yourself with a knife today you know a good form of some type of a sealed knife would help and then of course the the, the, the fail safe you know that if you don't want to do any of those i mean at the least case scenario you know, get a can of pepper spray and carry it in your pocket or your purse before you go. Well, because, I was thinking about uh, a hand yeah. grenade does a pretty good job, too. Yeah, I used to always say when we, <laughs> one of the problems we have with a lot of our new agents is uh, pistol qualifications because, uh, you know, it's not as easy as everybody thinks to get, become proficient with a handgun. <laughs> and so and, and, and so we have to, we would train everybody. Quarterly, we would we would qualify with our with our handguns and our long rifles, our hip wars and, and our pistol blocks, and then the shotguns. And then we'd also do defensive techniques. But we'd always have a couple of defensive tactics training. It would all be in the same day. But we'd always have some. There's always somebody that would have a hard time uh, uh, making their qualification scores. And I would just tease them. I'd say, you know, next year we're going to go to a bag of hand grenades and get away from all this qualifying with the pistol. If you can't give them <laughs> a hand grenade, you shouldn't be there anyway. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it never happened, but it was. It was. It was at the time. It was funny. <laughs> All so, in anyway, the situation. So, yeah, so weapon, you know, definitely you know, learn a martial arts form and uh, some type of weapon. You can say our saying you know, when we when we retire is that we're you know as agents we're no longer required to win gunfights. We just have to survive, and that's that should be USA individual. That should be your your target. Your your plan to it's not you don't have to win these fights you just got to survive them to live the next day good point good point and uh you know this this even uh, stretches into what we're going through right now with the pandemic and um you know there there's going to come a time that we're going to have to go to the grocery store we're going to have to do this we're going to have to do that we're going to have to be back out in public to some degree. 
But again, be aware of your situation, always. And, um, you know, I have I certainly haven't been trained like Sandy, but I have had some some training and you know i just make it a point when i go to when i park my car i just take a look at the uh the closest person to me their car and get their license number and remember it in case they there's damage to my car when i come out or i'll look around the parking lot and just see who and what you know uh we had a situation in in my little town, which is a supposedly a very safe situation, but they had uh, they had a uh, group of folks that were working a, a Kroger's parking lot, and uh, they were basically uh, homing in on elderly and homing in on well, if you could just loan me five dollars to go in and get a gallon of milk for my baby. And, you know, they were making quite a living at it until fin- finally somebody reported them. And uh, they were a whole group of, of people doing that. And you just, you, you see something, you tell somebody. And look around to see for yourself what you may be walking into. My two cents. Right, that's- yeah, they, they say that, that, that you just, like we talked about, you talked about earlier, I mean, number six on my list, and that falls right to what you're talking about, is I wrote down practice danger scenarios in your head on a regular basis and the best way to respond to them. And that's, you know, going in with a plan and knowing what to look for and, and doing it repetitively. I mean, get, get, make it, make it a habit. We used to always tell, you know, our new agents and, and, uh, and, you know, especially when I was a game warden, you know, this is not a, a job, it's a way of life. And it really is, but this should become your way of life as well, part of what you do on a regular basis because, you know, in, in just a matter of 15 to 30 seconds, your life can be changed forever, or in the worst case scenario, of course, you end your life. And so these are all things that a distance is a friend, and uh, when that distance is closed, what we've discussed here, will we'll give you a lot better chance in, in surviving. So, yeah, so, like I say, so, Practice those dangerous scenarios in your head on a regular basis. And it doesn't mean to, uh, doesn't, we're not talking about being obsessed, okay? Just you're analyzing all the time. You're always analyzing. You know, my, my kids, uh, my sons, they, they had the benefit of, of having some of the, I've trained them a lot in, in self-defense that I've learned through the various trainings, uh, academies I went through and advanced training and so on. My sons, you know, when they go, they're adults now, but they, just like myself, they always sit where they can see the room. You know, they know where the exits are. Uh, they both, you know, they're, we, my family, we, we own firearms. They both have concealed handgun gun permits. They always go armed. And so, you know, I don't worry about them much because I know that they can take care of themselves. But even still, it doesn't matter. I'll say one thing about the good old Texas Game Warden Academy. It was tough, but you learn in that place you know, what your limits are as far as your physical ability to take on somebody who's bigger than you or groups of people. And you have to, and they teach you to work through scenarios. So we work by ourselves all the time. And so they teach you how not to go in there and, and be Chuck Norris, but how to <laughs> get that situation under control and stay on top of it and survive it. So, well, the one other quick thing I want to throw out, Sandy, and, and again, uh, you're more way more versed in it than I am, but, Everything also depends on whether you're by yourself 
or with your wife or with somebody else, you know, or somebody else's wife, I guess, for that matter. But, um, right. you know, the scenario, scenario changes a bit if you have somebody with you. And uh, right. you walk into a group, and I, I've had this happen. Uh, it, it was many, many, many years ago, but... Uh, you know, I had a very pretty date, and some guys decided she was better for them than for me. And uh, that puts a whole new perspective on things. And so, no, you know, it. but it comes back again to knowing your surroundings. And if this, then that. And uh, I say, believe, believe it can happen to you. I mean, you have to I mean, don't, don't think that, that you're immune to... to, to uh, to crime that you're you know is it, it couldn't happen to anyone it doesn't matter how big or how tough you are i mean it's just uh, i mean the you know regardless of what you see on tv one guy cannot take on six or seven people at one time it's impossible and so no matter how tough you are and so uh i say you learn that and uh, i learned that in a good old texas game board academy and, and uh and the lessons that stay with me to this day which you know i've pretty much escaped you know, Finished my career unscathed just because of the excellent training I had. And so, that said, and so you want to, are we ready for a commercial or can we do the last one here now, number seven? Uh, go ahead and do number seven, and then as we get towards the end, we'll do one more for our favorite beef. Okay. <laughs> so, so, the last thing now, this is, I mean, everybody teaches you this. I mean, this, the companies teach you this, uh, government agencies teach you this. And just, you know, number, number seven here is protect your personal information. Okay. Be suspicious of people who want to know everything about you. I mean, in this day and age, we all know that there's all types of scams out there, all types of people trying to, you know, take your information and, and use it. And then also, I mean, just, you know, I've, I know that, in, you know, information today, you can go into a lot of different websites and Google someone or go into their website, pay a little money. And, you pull up all this personal information on a person just having their name. And so, for example, you're in a bar and, and uh, in, uh, you know, say Detroit. You're in a bar there and somebody is trying to, you know, hey, how you doing? You've never met this person before, overly friendly. And, you know, what's your name? And, and uh, you give them your name and then they'll, they'll go, so say, oh, I'll be right back. They'll go, they'll, they'll call somebody. And they would be sitting outside of the, somewhere in the bar and they'll run your information because they say, yeah, that guy's got some money. You know, he's some guy that we could probably take to the ATM or kidnap him, whatever. So when he comes out, let's grab him. So the, the, the best thing to do that I, I suggest to people is don't use your real name when you're traveling, especially in, in these third world countries. I mean, your passport, of course, will have your information somewhere, but it doesn't say you have to give somebody you just met your real name the first time. It's just like when I used to work undercover, I had an undercover name and it was a, uh, it was a, Sounded very similar to my own name because this way, when you when you hear when you hear it, you're going to respond to it. And uh, so, you know, there's nothing that says that you can't use a, uh, a fictitious name the first time you meet someone. And so, I'm not telling you to do that all the time. Of course, you got to use some common sense. I mean, if it's the first time you're if it's first if you're at a, uh, a company function and you know you're in a safe environment, then of course you know, you use your name and you know, you say, oh, we give you some on your business card, but. I say just be always be very suspicious of anyone that you meet the first time who's wanting to know everything there is about you. And don't give them that information. You know, if you see them again, they prove to be a good person, then you can correct yourself and say, hey, I, I gave you, 
I didn't give him my real name, and he, he even explained it to them. And they're not should not should not get offended at it. But like I say, there's just uh, there's, the world is full of unscrupulous people who like nothing more than to drain your bank accounts, to kidnap you, to do whatever you know, find some way to blackmail you. And so uh, be suspicious. And when and and the last thing I just and it's, it's not really one of the points I wrote down. It's just learn to trust your inside feelings when you feel like the situation is wrong, and when it is. Start making your distance. I mean, because you're, you know, you, uh, you're the best analyst for your situation. And if you feel like something's wrong, if a person's not right, it's time to move away. And, you know, and this goes, uh, like you were talking about traveling, <laughs> it also is very true in some of our ally countries. And, um, uh, you'll be surprised who's trying to, uh, to do something on you. And it may be that friendly black cab driver in London. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it is, you just can't, if it's someone you don't know or it's not in an environment that, that is a safe environment that we're, like, you know, like a, a business convention where everybody's there, you know, you're all from the same company or you're all selling the same product. I mean, you'll, you'll have a sense that this person is legitimate or not. Yeah, but like I say, when, when your, when your gut in the back of your, when your gut tells you and, you know, the peril on the back of your neck that say stands up, those are all warning signs that the things are not going the way they're supposed to be going. And it's just time for you to, to, I say flight is your is your best is usually your best response in most cases, but you got to fight. You got to you got to be prepared to do that as well. Well, Sandy, this has been a, another very informative show, and uh, it looks like unfortunately we may have uh, our friendly virus to contend with for a while, and uh, we'll keep sort of updating. You know, and there there are a uh, the, you know. People are crooks, and they use it as a they. That's their business, and they become very professional at it, and uh, they know what to do with it, and that's what's happening yeah, they, today. Yeah. I know. The, I just I heard, and it doesn't surprise me. I've heard these different news agencies saying that there are people going door to door, saying they're from the CDC, trying to elicit money from you, or what? You know, just just to gain access to you. So the CDC doesn't come to your door. The Social Security doesn't come to your door. They don't, neither one of them call you. So if anybody tells you that's who they are, you know, make them show credentials or in the, the most cases, if, if, they, if they are legit, they'll come find you again. But, uh, you know, almost the overwhelming time of the, you know, Social Security is the big scam out there today. Now this virus, these people trying to, you know, convince you that they are part of the medical profession trying to help you when in fact it's just, it's another scam. With that being said, we got to put the plug in the jug and get out of here. So, Sandy, thank you very much. We'll, Enjoy. Thank you, David. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank you. Listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.